Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Raymond Jang, welcome to this episode of the Australian Investors Podcast, mate. Thanks, Owen. It's good to be back again. It is indeed. Today, we're continuing on with our Investor Bootcamp mini-series, and we're talking about the software tools and applications and all those things that we use as analysts and investors to, I guess, improve our investing. So we're both going to share some of our favorite tools. Um, I think it's important, though, for investors to remember that when we go about researching uh, companies or ETFs or funds or whatever we're looking at, these are not necessarily a replacement for actually doing the work. I think that's really important. Um, and I guess the, the other thing to note is that we're basically using these to save time. So we use them, we try and find ways to better, I guess, improve our search process, our filtering processes, all these different types of things. Um, can I ask you a question, mate, just to start off with though, before you started at RASC, what, what tools were you using? I think I was mainly using, um, I think I first subscribed to Under the Radar Report just mm-hmm. to get a feel of, you know, what kind of investment ideas were out there. Um, they offered a free subscription. So um, I think it was a good starting point just to get an understanding of what good companies were. Um, but after that, I moved on to, um, I think, Simply Wall Street were initially starting out during that time. So they're offering um, free trials as well. Um, so I think that's one of the tools that we're about to mention as well and talk mm-hmm. about. Yeah, yeah, for sure we will. I was just looking at under the radar. I've never subscribed to it, but I have seen it um, before and I know they've been around for quite some time. So that's a good sign as well. Um, okay, so yeah. So I guess before I started you know, doing this, I guess, properly, I didn't really subscribe to anything either. So like I, I was I was just kind of using free tools, Yahoo Finance, Google Finance back in the day, and then just company reports. I'd also use my brokerage account. So at the time I was using CMC Markets, I don't know anymore. And I would just try and use some of the data inside the platform. Um, I think it's just worth covering off a few key points before we get into them, because we'll start with Simply Wall Street, maybe seeing that um, that was brought up already. I guess there's a saying in, in, in software, in computing that anything that can be automated will be automated. And so as an investor, I think it's important to recognize early on if the work that you're doing can be automated by software or outsourced or something like that, you probably should use that ability because if you're not, you're probably just wasting your time. And so things like, you know, um, downloading data to Excel, then running analysis over the top of that, you might just be better off just using one of these resources we're about to talk about and also that i think what's really important for newer investors in particular is that what tends to happen is you tend to think that these resources are kind of like a solution to good investing by getting one of these tools you're going to become a great investor you're going to earn more returns and whatever and in doing so i think a lot of investors miss the fact that what ends up getting put into these databases, these gigantic databases, is actually the result of people, of companies, of teams doing something. For example, if you're looking at Apple's segment report um, online, 
and you think, oh, you know, this is great. There's forecasts here from analysts. We've got all the historical data. Therefore, it's a buy. You kind of miss the fact that, you know, there are tens of thousands of people that work at Apple. There are decisions made within that business. They have to retain key staff to make decisions. And in my opinion, that's where investors get an edge in the qualitative stuff. So trying to figure out why those numbers end up on the page, I think that's where the work is done. So um, I think that's that's an important point is that we're saying this is not a replacement for good quality research. You've got to do the work, so to speak. Raymond, maybe one more question before we throw it over to the, the, the names of these companies and services that we use is which one... Which one of these that we're about to talk about, or just in general, do you use the most? Like every day, which tool would you spend the most time in? I think it would definitely be Ticker. I think uh, Ticker yeah. is a tool where you can pretty much review just so much data about uh, the financials, ratios, valuation measures. It's a really quick way to understand you know, what, what's historically happened to the business. So it provides a, a snapshot um, of how the business has fared over different cycles, different economic periods, if it's a large company with a long history. Um, and it provides a rough guide as to um, you know, who's, who owns the business. Um, it's a valuable tool to um, read the transcripts. So they're pretty quick in terms of uploading um, the transcripts from various investor calls and uh, conferences. So yeah, I spent most of my day actually in Ticker. <laughs> yeah, okay, so this is a good spot. Why don't we jump off here then instead of simply Wall Street. So the first yeah. tool that we used a lot is Ticker. So T-I-K-R, not T-I-C-K-E-R, T-I-K-R. Um, you'll find a link to all of these things in the show notes of your podcast player. And you'll also find a link um, in the investor um, training manual, which we've put together. So that's also available. So everything from the bootcamp series is included in that Google doc and you can download it. Um, full disclosure here on Ticker, I'm speaking to Sahil, um, who's one of the, the co-founders of uh, Ticker not too long ago. And um, we're actually talking about how we can potentially get um, you know, some type of discount for Australian investors, podcast listeners. So there's actually a referral link in the podcast player. We don't actually receive anything for it yet. Um, but we're trying to do it in a way that we can save you money. Um, so um, I'll keep you posted on that in future episodes, but you'll be able to find the link there and sign up. It's free to sign up to just a basic version. And then there's like, it's like 30 bucks a month or something. I don't know the exact details, but anyway, back to um, Ticker. What I think is really cool about Ticker, mate, I don't know if you've, I think you've discovered this. If you go into your settings up in the top of here, I won't because it will reveal my email address. But if you go into the top right-hand corner and you go to settings, you can actually turn Ticker into business mode, business owner mode. And what that does is it actually removes all of the share prices and defaults around like what people tend to look at when they come into something like this. Um, you know, people tend to come in and they want like discounts, analyst valuations and discounts to share prices, undervalued this, undervalued that. It's very like, you know, I guess high signal is what they're looking for. But at yeah. the end of the day, um, if you're a long-term investor, you probably want to analyze a business on its merits. So I think Ticker does that really, really well. Those softer UX features are really cool. You, you mentioned uh, transcripts before too, right? Yeah, that's right. I think it's a really valuable resource. I think um, a lot of people perhaps underestimate the rewards that you can gain from reviewing and reading transcripts because 
Um, I mean, a lot of management teams probably rehash a lot of the things that they say at investor presentations and um, the reports that they um, disclose. But when they actually talk about the business and when people are asking questions, they tend to reveal a bit more insights than you would find from just reading the reports and mm-hmm. investor presentations. So, um, yeah, it's great, great tool. Yeah, and just to to clear clear up here, um, Ticket does both ASX and US shares. It does global shares as well. So it's not just, you know, a lot of these tools that we come across are limited to US companies or they're just Australian companies. This is this does everything, uh, which makes it really interesting. There's some other like great things you can do. You can also like screen stocks in here. This is if I'm ever going to use a screener, this is what I use. I know you use something slightly different, but um, you can come in here and you can look at funds as well. So um, we're going to mention one in a minute, but you can actually come in here and you can look at what some famous investors are holding and and, and what have you. Um, like here we've got Prabhi Investment Funds, and you can see based on I think it's the latest quarterly holdings that they file. Um, you can see what they own. Here's some from a shareholder report, et cetera. Um, so Tick is like super popular around the world right now because people basically use it as a replacement for all these super expensive uh, tools like CapIQ or even Bloomberg terminals where they were looking for data. Um, so it's really impressive, really, really good tool. Um, yeah, I like it too. So uh, I'll, Sorry, I'll just add that um, we actually um, don't 100% rely on the data. As in, yeah, we have point. to. So we always go back to the source documents when we do our models, and we when we do our research. So I think it's really important for analysts out there or investors to make sure that they um, check the source documents. Yeah, I think that's really important too. Really spot on, mate. Great point. Yeah, and it goes for any of these tools that we're about to talk about. If you're relying on these things, you probably want to do it yourself. The source documents are uh, number one. That's probably like. We're talking about the, the software platforms here, but definitely for resources, generally speaking, it's got to be the company like company documents. How about this? How about how about Simply Wall Street, mate? So we've got um, just going from ticker. Now we come across as Simply Wall Street, which is an Australian company. The founder of Simply Wall Street, Al Bentley, has appeared on this podcast before. What do you use this for? Yeah, I mainly use Simply Wall Street um, when I first started out to find ideas to invest in. Um, the great thing about Simply Wall Street is that it's aesthetically pleasing to um, actually look at because they provide snowflake graphs, um, as you saw that previously, um, and it ranks a business or investment based on a couple of key criteria, uh, for example, valuation, future performance, um, financial health. So it gives you a really good snapshot of what the business looks like. So for me, it acts as a initial filter, like a preliminary filter before I really dig into um, the business. Mm. Yeah, and that's, so yeah, having um, some familiarity with the platform and the people behind this, um, they were really quick to cover a lot of companies around the world um, and provide very simple, easy to follow graphs and like so to present things visually rather than just in you know the standard table form which a lot of people find appealing i'd say that's a very very appealing to newer investors so there's really green investors who kind of want things to make sense um they do a really good job of making it simple hence the name for people to understand what actually goes on behind the scenes to un- to digest the financials and so on and so forth again though um, what we, I would probably say caution here is just around 
if you are a newer investor and you do jump into any of these platforms, Simply Wall Street included, it's important that you take some of these, like the analyst estimates, for example, is a question I always get. You know, broker says XYZ shares are worth this much. Um, should I rely on that? And I say no, because mm-hmm. basically at the end of the day, if you're going to hold, you can't really borrow someone else's conviction. And so as good as the tools are, you probably want to make sure that you understand what the business does, that you understand how forecasts are generated, so on and so forth. So I just want to add that kind of little disclaimer in there. And I think Simply Wall Street would say the same thing. Like this, the snowflake chart is not a recommendation. It's more just a visual representation of the data. So um, yeah, really good, really interesting platform and it's getting better and better. So that's Simply Wall Street. Uh, Again, link in the um, show notes there. Uh, The next one, mate, is one that is um, closer to home. Andrew Page, who created strawman.com, this is a really interesting platform, ASX only. So um, for Australian listed companies, there is a premium version, which you can see if you're watching this video, this podcast, you can see it in the screen in front of you. Um, there are also free versions. Andrew only opens the platform to premium members every now and again. And it's typically based on people that contribute to the platform, which is really cool because it's more of an investment club than anything else. Um, do you strawman? Yeah, when I first started um, getting into investing, I used Strawman quite a lot actually, just to really get thoughts from other people in the investing community about uh, my thought process and also um, learn from others as well. It's a really great community because people share their valuation. Um, you can see it there. Um, members actually go through detail as to how they arrive to their valuation, and you can use that to um, use it as a sense check. You know, so educational tool as well to learn about how other people invest and um it's always good to get contrary views when you do your research and you never know you might meet some industry experts um on the on the forum as well yeah that's what i love it for is that um the scuttlebutts and the insider knowledge because there are hundreds of members contributing you know, if we're just, you and I, we're two analysts, we might not know much. This is, I'm just showing the screen of Nanosonics, which is the ASX listed company that um, creates disinfectant units for ultrasound probes. You know, just in that very phrase, ultrasound probes, you're thinking healthcare hospitals, et cetera. There may, mm. there chances are some of these members that are contributing on here are nurses or doctors and they mm. would have familiarity with this machine, right? Or other machines. And so you as an analyst, you can kind of, grasp some of those insights from those other members that are in there and using the products and have a much better understanding than any of us could. So that's a huge, huge uh, reason why I like Strawman is for those scuttlebutts and particularly for mm. smaller companies. It's it's um, it's really rich with insights on smaller companies. Um, again, I don't necessarily look too much at the valuation, to be honest. I just look, for me, it's all about the what are other members saying? What research mm. have they found? Have they visited a site of a small company that I don't have access to or something like that. Um, And you can also create a virtual account and have like fake dollars, which is pretty cool. Um, Cool. That's strawman.com. Link in the show notes once again. Um, The next one, mate, is I don't know if you use this as much, which is is Morningstar, sorry. So morningstar.com, not the .com.au version is the one that I use and we've got a membership too. Do you use this at all? Um. I do use it to get um, some further research and further insights because they do have a pretty big team. So it's always great to um, get some further insights. Um, I mean, they have um, 
significant resources and also a lot of people in their research teams. So if you're looking for a particular company, it's always good to um, get some further research and also compare what your thoughts are compared to some experts, uh, which is always handy. Mm. Yeah, it is. And um, I what I particularly like it for, and I can actually get it up right now, is yes, morning. So what I like it for is actually um, ETF research as well. So kind of you get kind of everything mm. in one. Um, so you can get US shares in here. Um, you can look at ETFs, and you can see because they're analysts traverse across not just equities and individual securities, but also funds. You can then mm. access those insights as well, and you can do things like compare funds beside each other to see if there's overlap or to see if there are different um, insights to be gained in that respect. And I find that really, really valuable. So just a, just a note here, I almost always recommend people sign up for a morningstar.com account, not a morningstar.com.au mm. account. The morningstar.com.au is, in my opinion, quite a different experience. Um, the US version is a much better user experience. So that's why I suggest that one. As you can see here, this is the Australian one. And yeah, it's not very nice compared to the US version. So you still get the same kind of material. Um, okay. Yeah, I was actually scrolling through the, the US website, the homepage, and there's quite a lot of um, industry and thematic deep dives um, provided by some specialists in those respective areas, whether it be sustainability or tech. So if you're looking for some industry or macro plays, that provides a really good um, update on macro macroeconomic events or um, industry. Mm. So, yeah, I would say like the Morningstar analyst team is probably like it's got to be up there as globally, globally speaking, is it's got to be like one of the best in the world. Like it's because they just cover everything. They're really professional analysts. They have really good ways of thinking about things. I just find it really, really impressive. So, um, yeah, you can check it out. There's heaps of articles for free on the website as well. So um, you don't have to pay for everything necessarily, which is really handy. Okay, mate. There's um, there's actually uh, one more here before we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna cross to a special guest who's gonna answer some questions for us on this episode of the podcast. But um, there is one that you brought up before, which is a website called WhaleWisdom.com, and this is a free tool as far as I'm aware. I'm gonna let you lead me here because Whale Wisdom, I hadn't heard of it, but I had been to the yeah, website well before. <laughs> Yeah, well, wisdom was actually um, referred to me by um, our great friend Kevin Fung. Um, yep. So he he um, told me about this tool to try and you know essentially try and reverse engineer what the great investors are doing because it provides you an insight into you know what holdings they've been invested in and when they invested in those respective stocks. So it, if, you, if you try and understand what was going on um, in the business at that point in time, you can get a sense of what they were thinking and, and try and put yourself in their shoes to understand whether or not it was a, it was a you know, good investment opportunity and what price they paid for it. And also when it comes to selling, um, you can do the exact same thing. Like what, what propelled them and what led them to um, sell uh, a stock. So, mm. yeah, it's a it's a great way to learn from the greats. Yeah. So here we can see that we're tracking um, Acra Capital Management, which is Chuck Acra's um, 
fund and you can see the different holdings that they have you can see they've owned berkshire since when was it 2003 it was when they first filed um and so the average price according to way of wisdom that they paid for berkshire stock was 82 dollars and the most recent price was 346 so you can see they've had it for an extremely long time um and they still hold it today according to this um most recent updates and you can see that there's other companies in here like visa mastercard um, you said to me off there before that you're amazed that they actually have managed to generate such strong returns and um, not held fang stocks, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Last time I saw their record, it's um, I think their returns is around 16.8% uh, annualized. Hmm. And that's over a long stretch as well. Um, yeah. Without holding, you know, the popular names. Um, and a lot of those names he still holds for a very long time. Hmm. Cool. Okay. So that's why wisdom, it is free uh, to just go on the website and just have a look at what these you know, big investors, uh, global investors are looking at and what they're buying and selling. It is delayed. Oftentimes the, the um, data is delayed because they only file quarterly. So um, just keep that in mind. But yeah, you can actually have a look and you can see what the whales are doing, whales, so to speak. Mm. Um, so now what we might do is we might actually cross over to um, Jason Kocher from Stocklight. Stocklight is an Australian uh, app that allows you to track your holdings, keep up to date with company-specific news and announcements, for example. Um, and we're going to ask Jason three questions. We're going to ask him, what is Stocklight? Why did you build it? And what are the top three reasons that people use Stocklight today? So Jason, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you going? Oh, I'm fantastic, Owen, as always. How are you, mate? I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm hoping you can tell us about Stocklight, uh, the business and platform and app that you founded uh, quite a few years ago now. Tell us a little bit about it. What is Stocklight? Stocklight, yeah, cool. So Stocklight's an app that is available on iOS and Android, so you can install it on your iPhone or your Android phone or your iPad. And at a high level, it helps you track your stock portfolio and research investing ideas. There's also a website that a lot of people use to research stocks, uh, get annual reports, uh, look at historical dividends and look at price charts and things like that. But primarily the audience is app-based using mobile devices to get a quick snapshot of what's going on in their portfolio and in stocks that they're interested in. Mm. So I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it was 2012 or 2013 when you first launched uh, Stocklight. Why did you decide to build it? I'd have been 2010. Oh, it's been a while. Um, 20, 2010. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, a long time ago. I, I, my background is building software. I love building software. That's my big mm. thing. And I'd just gotten back from a stint in Silicon Valley uh, where I wanted to try and employ some entrepreneurialism, mm-hmm. uh, having, having learned from the Americans. They're, they're very entrepreneurial over there. And I thought, gee, what, what am I passionate about? What would be my favorite thing to do? And it's investing. Like I love the concept of investing uh, for future wealth, and um, you know, to try and uh, to try and get to that point where I don't have to work anymore. Yep. And I thought, I thought, gee, the stock market's an area of interest. And I read this book, The Intelligent Investor, by Benjamin Graham, as recommended by Warren Buffett, and was absolutely taken with it. And thought, gee, a lot of these age-old, you know, techniques that have been described here could be automated with software. And I was interested in doing that just for myself. And so I started building algorithms to do, you know, quantitative analysis of stock market um, fundamental metrics on public companies. People saw it and they thought, that's cool, Jace, maybe we could use it too. 
Uh, at around that time, there was not a lot of um, mobile usage, I would say. Mm. Mobile is a pretty pretty newish thing. And I think I took a trip to Asia somewhere and I was in Singapore and I saw everyone on the train, they were just glued to their, you know, to their handheld devices. And back home in Australia and even in the States, I hadn't seen that before. They were like at the absolute mm. forefront. And I'm like, to me, I think that's the future. Like, why would you not have some personal device that you want to um, be glued into to do stuff with? And I thought, gee, the future is going to be handheld devices uh, as a communication medium. And I think the stock market is the perfect um, thing to try and communicate across these mobile devices. And so I'm going to build a stock market app. <laughs> and that's why I built it. Like, I built it for myself. I thought, I can take some of this quantitative analysis stuff that I'm doing, um, bring it to others. And along the way, it's really morphed into something completely different. The quantitative analysis is still there, but I think the um, the, the main reasons that people use the app are actually different now. So what so what are they? I think the, the main reasons people like Stocklight, and it is in from last time I checked, the most popular stock market app in the app stores uh, in Australia, is the... Just the ease of use, it's so quick and easy to pull up your portfolio of stocks um, and get a really quick, like, bang, snapshot of where you're at today, where you're at overall, and how your portfolio is performing. I think a key thing that Stocklight brings to the table is if you enter your trades in Stocklight, it gives you an annualised performance figure, and (laughs) brokers... Uh, not incentivized to show you this annualized performance figure. Brokers are incentivized to make you trade heaps because that's how they make money. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're thinking from, you know, thinking thinking in terms of long-term investing for yourself and what's best for you, you should be thinking about how am I performing in an annualized way? Because if I bought, you know, 100 Telstra shares 20 years ago at $3 and they're now $4, maybe I've made a 25% return, if that 25% returns over 10 or 20 years, it's not that great. But if it's a 25% return over the last six months, that's great. And so mm. I think the annualised return that Stocklight calculates for portfolios is a key reason that a lot of people like it. And other reasons that people love it are the, the concept of mobile is you can really easily send push notifications to people who have your app. So Stocklight sends push notifications for market-sensitive information like dividends, price-sensitive announcements, annual reports, articles for stocks that you're interested in or invested in. And I think push notifications through mobile are a really nice medium for tracking that sort of stuff. I mean, email is easy to ignore. SMS is way too in your face. And Mm. you want to be notified when this stuff happens. So I think that's a key reason also why people love Stocklight. Um, and then also it's just got a lot of tooling for you to be able to do further research into stocks that you're invested in so you can pull up the annual reports of a, a company that you like or you know go back in the mm. price history or even run a market filter to to show which uh, which companies have huge inside ownership and you know are those directors buying or selling at the moment mm. I think it's super useful and one of the things I know that you've been doing you, you did a lot of work on the website side of things Um not too long ago. And one of the things that I know from Stockline in general is how easy it is to jump across from ASX to global shares and find annual reports, find the, the information that you want. Because sometimes that's pretty hard to find. Like sometimes 
even in brokerage accounts, it's hard to find or on investor relations websites. Um, so just to confirm then, Jason, so people can sign up and download the app for free. They don't need to pay anything just to download the app. That's correct. So the model is freemium and a lot of people download and just use the app for free. You get served some ads. Uh, as, you know, this is not a, a cheap operation to, to run, but you yep. get served some ads. And if you find the app useful, uh, as a lot of people do, you can either pay to remove the ads or pay to upgrade to a premium subscription to access uh, more advanced tooling. And so by way of example, the quantitative analysis that's in the app is available for premium subscribers only. Um, the number of alerts that you would receive by push notification is limited to five alerts per month before you need to go premium. And um, mm. for portfolios up to about 150 grand, it's 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 free. Uh, beyond 150 grand, if you want that annualized performance metric, uh, that's premium. But a majority of the features are absolutely free. You can track the stocks that you're interested in. You can track your holdings up to 150 grand worth of portfolio. You can see your annualized performance. Uh, you can go and find annual reports. You can look at dividends. You can read news. There's a, a lot of free features uh, for people to use. Great. Well, we'll provide all the links in the show notes. And um, I'm hoping to have you back on the show in a few weeks' time just to tell us a bit more about your journey, a bit more about you know, software engineering and basically some of the observations you've made um, over your, the course of your career. So, Jason from Stocklight, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on, Owen. Raymond, so there are all these different tools that people can use to, I guess, un, like to, to fine tune their time, whether they're filtering companies and they're trying to find, you know, high returns on invested capital, revenue growth, whatever they're looking for, and they're trying to slice and dice the market in certain ways. At the end of the day, like oftentimes a lot of these tools help us save time, but we still need to do the work. We still need to do research, finder and scuttlebutts, speak to people, industry insiders and, and what have you. How do we take all that information and how do we keep a record of it? So we essentially use Notion um, as our main depository to store all our information, research, insights. Um, the great thing about Notion is that it allows you to be flexible with how you organize and arrange your research and notes. Um, when I first started out um, on my own, um, it was just an absolute mess um, I'll use um, Google Docs, Microsoft Word, and I have my model in Excel. And then, um, and then when I wanted to refer back to something that um, I had come across before, like a YouTube video of a product or service, then I'd have to, you know, go to my favorites section on my web browser. But now you can essentially do all that on Notion. Um, you can embed um, YouTube videos, um, so you don't have to go back to the original link um, mm. as you can see and it's, it's also great to um, it's aesthetically pleasing to look at as well you can add your own emoticons and whatnot yeah so I'm just typing something in here for those of you that are listening so notions like think of it like I guess like Google Sheets or Microsoft Excel plus Google Docs in one thing and it's all stored in a cloud um, repository so you can edit things and you can share things you can say hey Raymond have you seen this you can be like hey I want to check this comment on that and you can all work together collaboratively um, it's not the only tool that does this but we find it's pretty powerful for um, for investors to use I think the for me personally I found the learning curve pretty steep to begin with like 
I knew what it could do. I just didn't kind of understand visually how it could do it, uh, how we could mm. bring all of this research into one. So, um, uh, but I, I'm just putting an example, but I like the company. Um, and so what, what we use it for is we use it basically for a few different things. One is we would have our filtering and our checklists in here. So we have this, and thanks to Kevin Fung as well for this, because he's the one who really pointed mm. us across to this. But um, we basically have like a place where we can put all of our data in. Um, and then we also then take it to then have um, our filter in here. So you can have like a, think of it like a spreadsheet. You can put your, your stock filter in here and your stock checklist. You can give company scores. And then you can take that score of the company and then put copy that back across to the master directory for your your investment portfolio. So for example, mm. let's say you have 20 stocks that you've researched. You've given each of them a score for your uh, initial screen. Then you can say, okay, I've got 20 stocks in here. Let's let's compare all the scores across all the companies and let's see which one I should research first. And that's basically, you know, the beginning of building a watch list, trying to get some conviction in not only the company, but how you're going to research uh, is really powerful. And then you can do, you know, your thesis, you can do your write-ups and all that sort of stuff in here. Um, you can see on the screen here, we've got examples of different things that we look at as an investment team um, and you can toggle in and out of those. I know a lot of people that use this for non-investment related stuff as well. I don't know if I've missed anything, but there's probably a lot I have. No, I think you've uh, covered it pretty well. Um, it's a very comprehensive tool and I think um, you and I are still unlocking the potential and capabilities of the software as well. I think it can, it can connect to Slack, um, which is a messaging platform that we use to push yep. notifications to relevant analysts. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah and, and you can you can you can embed your Excel or your Google Sheets modeling in there. So, for example, you could have the filter, you could have your notes, you could have your annual reports all uploaded into Notion, and then view them all there and whatever. But then you could also embed um, your model in Notion as well. So you don't have to leave it to do all the changes. Mm -hmm. And that's because Notion is basically trying to be one of these like super low code tools, meaning that you don't have to be a programmer to use it, but you can extend the basic functionality with a bunch of integrations um, and a bunch of programming like type applications um, that make, make it so easy to use. So this is one of those ones that, has really changed the game for a lot of people to store information, to analyze information, and also make things look good um, mm. if you're trying to do that too, if that's important to you. So that's Notion. Um, you can get it for free. Um, we use it for our team and it integrates with heaps of different stuff. So it's really it's really neat. It kind of takes you beyond just a simple Google Doc. It's, you know, mm. They work perfectly fine, but if you want more functionality, this is um, definitely more powerful for that. And you can share it with your team. I, you know, I'm surprised, you know, Raymond, when I was speaking to a lot of professional investors and professional investment houses, how not many of them had a good system for sharing models, for sharing information. A lot of analysts still operate in silos, even though they're in teams. So they'll have their own way mm -hmm. of doing things, their own way of doing this or that. Um, and it's only as they get bigger that they realize that, oh, geez, maybe we should try and bring everyone together mm. and do something together. Um, but Notion's a great way to do that. So um, there is other, what, before I let you go, there is one more resource that was on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, so it's a great resource. Um, 
which we will link to in the show notes too, another analyst had put together a list of like 20 or 30 different tools that you can use for actually researching. So Raymond and I talked about uh, basically like the actual software applications, but this other analyst had put together a list of a bunch of different resources to actually help you with each step of the research process. Hmm. I think it was a list of 30 tools that um, he 30. managed to put together. So it's a very comprehensive list. Um, I think when you're starting off as a beginner investor, it might be best to stick with the, the simple tools first um, and build your way up as, as you progress. Yeah, I would say definitely use Notion if you're new or just any type of record keeping um, to, uh, software that is scalable. So one of the pieces of advice I would give my younger self on this is have a place where you put your research, you write down your thesis, no matter how simple it is. It might be like, I heard about this in the AFR, therefore I'm going to buy it. That might be your decision-making process, but document it and then put it in a place where you can like tag that investment. So let's say it's an investment in some, I don't know, junior software company. You might tag it as software, small cap, um, 2012, if that's when you started investing, mm. for example. And then you can then go back and you can tag everything. And then you can go, okay, well, I bought this in 2012. This was my decision at the time. How did it work? And it's really scalable because then you can also reflect on your own work. And I agree, like simple works. So a lot of these things have free uh, free versions. So simply Wall Street, uh, Ticker, Strawman, I think even maybe Morningstar, I'm not 100% sure about that. Whale Wisdom is free. Stocklight is free. Go and use them. See what works for you. If it's a bit overwhelming, don't worry about it. Come back to it later. Um, I think that would be um, wise. So, Mm -hmm. Raymond, this is a good punchy chat about how uh, you can find companies, the platforms that we use. Uh, It's not perfect. So, if you do have a list of your own, I would love to hear about it. We would love to hear about it on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll put our links in the in the show notes so you can get in contact with us and ask us any questions you like. Raymond, thanks for taking some time to join me today, mate. It was a pleasure, Owen.